0: When we share ideas, developments, and power, we can achieve anything. Welcome to DJ and DaBear, keeping you at the top of your game. Your hosts are Dieta Jones and Richard Dent. Together, they have made a worthy life that includes a family, two businesses, a foundation, and much more. They're ready to help you find your personal success. Now, here are Dieta and Richard.
1: Welcome to DJ and Dub Air. I'm Dietta Jones, your host. I'm a social justice advocate, leadership coach, individual and organizational effectiveness speaker and author. I'm joined by my better three quarters NFL legend and pro football Hall of Famer, Richard Dent. Hello, Richard. hello.
2: how are we doing? How's it going? I'm
1: good. I'm good. I missed you, Sunshine. It's been weeks. Aww, we, we, we've been sunshine. without you. I know I missed you. Is I missed amazing. you, Sunshine.
2: I missed yeah, you, Kama really. Sunshine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Mother Nature is shining upon us right now. So it's a great thing in Chicago as we speak.
1: Hallelujah. Yeah, this is yeah.
2: It's true. So pleasure Hallelujah. to be back.
1: I know, it's been great. Yeah, you're right. It's a it's a glorious time to be in Chicago. It's it's tough, it's tough in February, but not this time of year, boy, everybody's smiling and happy. It's really wonderful.
2: Yeah, you can see people. So, this is where <laughs> things get well here. This is why people like to live here during this time of year now when things are coming around and people can uh, not mumble so much. They can see each other and talk to each other and take some clothes off and uh, enjoy life. Take
1: some clothes off and enjoy life. That's a tweetable. Take some jo- yeah. clothes off and enjoy life. There, there you, you go, go, babe. There you go. This is true. So, babe, this week, we, um, we're going to have a good time. We, uh, we have uh, uh, our focus of this week's uh, show is You, uh, Inc., cultivating your inner entrepreneur. And uh, listeners, we look forward to filling the next hour of your lives with thought-provoking ideas, inviting you to ask us questions and add perspectives. And we, we promise to have a lot of laughs along the way. But this topic is really exciting because... Richard, both of us are entrepreneurs. Um, You've been an entrepreneur even longer than I have, even though I've been doing entrepreneurial things for a long time. Um, And so this show is really going to be fun because we'll be able to um, hopefully draw upon some of our own experiences. Um, We have a really knowledgeable uh, guest who will help us think through uh, for our listeners how they can develop uh, a more entrepreneurial mindset and some ideas about approaching their own entrepreneurship and, um, and and then along the way, we can talk about resources and next steps and kind of getting started in a way that's hopefully really helpful to people.
2: That sounds good. Sounds good.
1: So, Richard, really quick, just to kick us off. You're an entrepreneur. Tell us tell us, just really quickly before I introduce our guests and tell our listeners your, what your um, area of entrepreneurship is. Mine? Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> like an athlete, you know, you... In athletics, you know, you you, you think of so many things that takes place in 40 seconds, but, uh, you know, that's the time to action to where you have to pull the trigger. You know what you have to do. You uh, know what your teammates doing. You know what the call is, the perspective of the opponent. uh, You kind of know the person in front of you, then you. If you reach out a little farther, then, you know, you can find things out from other people around on that other side of the line of scrimmage or you get a chance to try to know the coordinator, the head coach. You know, it's kind of like market trending. It's the same thing. It's all about what you do during the week to prepare you when game time so you can pull the right triggers to bring success in what you're doing. Your teammates can help you get in places like businesses and people can uh help a business get in place, but maybe you're not the front end, maybe you're the back end of the business. So it's very important to understand whether you fall in the pecking order when you're as a business or individual game, sports. And I think the game of sports really, especially football, it lends itself to how loving people have to hold hands together. When you look at a sport like basketball, which is, you know, a five man game, but really you can dictate with two or three players you know if you got three good players you gotta win some championships if you got two you're gonna get there but it's gonna hard it's gonna be hard to get over it you know it's like uh uh having money but maybe not having the asset to some of the things that you need to get over the hump but uh yeah i'm in the energy business been in it the energy and communication business got in it Back in the early, uh, well, late 90s, I had a chance to look at a portfolio energy business. Everybody was trying to be the one-stop shop, utilities, being energy management, communication, putting all of these things in the pipe. And as well, at that same time, a company like Enron was taking place who was beating everybody up. And, you know, they really wasn't posting any revenue. They were just posting you know, jobs that they were getting that wouldn't make money in a 10-year deal. They may make money in year 10, but it was all about, you know, blowing the stock up. But what it did was that it made people aware of what was taking place in the marketplace, meaning that people have choices. People don't understand kilowatt hour, you know, or therms and things of that nature. You know, I had, it was tough trying to sell people long distance within the state. They did not understand that it was a long-distance call from area code to area code within the state. So it has to be some education, but yet, you know, education is always opportunity as well. So that uh, uh, within Enron, what took place there is it end up uh, all those utilities got back into their core business of selling the commodity, not trying to sell the commodity and manage commodity and bring on energy reduction and guarantee savings and things of that nature that were was, was taking place at the marketplace. But it gave people like me, smaller companies, opportunity to get back in the market and to help companies to do, you know, my saying was always, I tell you what you need to know, utilities generally tell you what they want you to know. So, uh, you know, been an energy manager for a while, now I'm on that side as a supplier as well. That giving me an opportunity to, you know, create opportunities in aggregation, I think, within communities. Right. We've been aggregating water for 100 years. And now these are commodities you have to have. So uh, like water and gas and electric and bandwidth, these are things, you know, we know the world's going IP. What are you doing? You know, it's not about, it's about getting in business today, but understand how to get business, where is business going tomorrow in the days to come.
1: Well, I love how you took, you know, uh, one question and took it all over the place, which is absolutely. Well, that's me. What, 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 what like I mean it. is that's absolutely you. And that's <laughs> and that's the point is that you, you let your passion drive you. And I think that's the perfect segue into introducing our guest to think about, you know, that entrepreneurialism doesn't have to be something that you have a very specific product or service and that's the only thing that you're able or willing to sell and that's what you're going for, but that you have an open mind that is looking around, you're scanning, you're trying to make jumps and connections between disparate uh, experiences. So where you were you know, an athlete, you were also looking into telecommunications, you were also thinking about and positioning yourself to get into the energy business, you were paying attention to the market. I mean, that was the perfect segue into thinking about kind of entrepreneurial mindset, somebody who is, um, hungry to learn, who is actively scanning the environment, and who is passionate about, you know, looking for opportunities and ways to solve problems, right? And that's mm-hmm. exactly what you just described in, in, in that, um, in those introductory remarks. Yeah, so,
2: most perfect. Most people just, yeah, most people talk about it, but, you know, I always believe in, you got to put a flag up. Yeah, put the flag right, up. Right. The flag is like the mailbox. Is it's your office, it's the network, it's the people that know that you exist. If you can keep that flag up and stay in business, then you never know what could could take place.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so so let me so let me then with that perfect, you know, example of what entrepreneurial mindset might sound like to some people, let me introduce our guest, MJ. Uh, Dalia manages the Learning and Curriculum Support Team at the University of Guelph Library at Go Guelph. I was just there last week. I had a great time, and part of that was <laughs> due to uh, your amazing facilitation, MJ, as well as you know a, 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 a you know a host of amazing characters and friends, including uh, Rebecca Graham, whom I going to give a special shout out to, and Mark Hazlitt, who's at Waterloo, and a number of other people who really put together an amazing. Uh, leadership development experience and MJ and I got to see each other there as and we've known each other um, over the years otherwise um, MJ oversees the academic support services available via the library's Learning Commons in addition to his uh, library role he also instructs the entrepreneurship course at the College of Business and Economics when cool. time permits MJ doodles plays with Legos and runs a small facilitation company that specializes in creative problem solving Welcome MJ.
3: Thank you, Deanna and Richard. This is great.
1: It's a blast, right? To we, just like to, we just like to have a good time.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, MJ, as we were preparing for this show, one of the things that you and I did as we were talking about this show specifically is we talked about um, you know, wanting to talk about you know, becoming an entrepreneur and, and you know, being a successful entrepreneur, but we also talked about how important it is to begin with an entrepreneurial mindset that anyone in any organization and whether or not you want to put out a flag and work for yourself or work as an entrepreneur-like contributor in an organization, how important it is to develop and cultivate an entrepreneurial mindset. And you sent me a few thoughts to get us thinking about what are some of the key ingredients of a person with an Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial mindset. Would you share a little bit of that with us?
3: Sure. Um, Well, I think, you know, the the word that kind of rolls off the tongue when you talk about entrepreneurship is passion. You know, you have to be driven by your passion. And I think that's absolutely true, but I don't think it's sufficient. I think there are times when, you know, starting a new venture or even if you're within a big organization trying to be entrepreneurial, you have to work against the status quo. And that passion uh, can wane over time or as you face new challenges. So I think I would add two other Uh, P words there, I would add perseverance. you got to stick to it even when uh, times are tough. But I think the thing that helps you stick to it is purpose. You know, there's a clear sense, an internal sense anyway, of the why you're doing what you're doing and why people should care about what you're doing. And I think as long as you kind of keep that true north, um, you can make course corrections along the way, and I'm sure we'll chat about that. But uh, I think that purpose piece is so important And I know for me, working within, you know, a higher ed institution, uh, knowing why I'm doing what I'm doing is often the thing that sustains the effort over time, because it's easy to sort of get distracted and lose the initial passion. And I think you you can regain that passion, but the purpose is really what keeps you on track.
1: Nice. For me, anyway. Yeah, good call. And that's that's something that we definitely want to get back to. I I oftentimes talk about vision and kind of anchoring. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. So let's let's take a little transition and come right back. Let's switch gears for a few minutes. And while we're at commercial break, please visit our website, www.dietajones.com And we'll be right back.
0: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run, And a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, sweat, and bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or download it to Kindle. Deetta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at diettajones.com. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today please call in to one 346 9141 that number again is one 346 9141 you may also send an email to Jones at diettajones.com now back to the show
1: we're back and continuing our conversation you inc cultivating your inner entrepreneur with special guest mj Dalia. So MJ, when we um, we were at break, you said you uh, said to Richard that you know his his answer about you know his entrepreneurial mindset was really typical. Can you can you yeah. uh, share that with our listeners?
3: Well, I think you're, I think it was you know Richard. You said basically I'm all over the place if you ask me to define you know my own entrepreneurial experience, and I think that's very common. And mm-hmm. it may sound counterintuitive, but I think what what you're really pointing to is entrepreneurs have this mindset that sees opportunity. And so while you can be really focused and have a purpose, you kind of can't help the um, ability or this insight that you have to the opportunities around you. And it creates a sort of creative energy that can often feel like there's so much going on. Um, and so you, you sometimes do feel all over the place, but the reality is it, it's really just your disposition to see opportunity. And, and you know, these opportunities are everywhere. And, and I think that's a very typical approach for people with the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, they kind of can't, you know, you always see suboptimal solutions that should be improved or could be better, or there might be a mini gap there that you can uh, use to your advantage and that sort of thing. So I, it just made me smile when you, when you introduced yourself that way because yeah, yeah, I often have so that me, kind it, of conversation.
2: You know, a, a banker may think something different, you know, but as sports, the point of it is, you know, I got to run maybe 15 things through my mind in about 45 seconds. Then, then I got to go to work, you know, outside of breathing hard, tired. You know what I mean? So you got to be on top of your business. Being an entrepreneur, being all over the place, is it, just saying that you see a lot. But what is it that drives you and what is the one thing that solidifies you that you could be a player in the market? And not mm-hmm. to say you mm-hmm. can come back. Later on in life and and offer of some of those other things that you was thinking about, you know, but the point mm-hmm. of it is you got to do one. And once you do one thing right, then you can do two then you can do three and four and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So this
1: is it's interesting, though, actually, actually, MJ. And, and one of the things that, you know, is sometimes an entrepreneur's quandary, right, is this. Um, this desire to explore many opportunities and to you know have this constant uh, creative energy that we're seeking that it kind of nurtures our you know, our drive and also focusing you know the ability to yeah. focus and just what you said, said Richard to do something right but it's also about creating a brand it's about creating high quality services or products and really mm-hmm. sticking with one or two or a range of things long enough to really nail them what do you what do you teach your students about this, about the way to balance the creative energy, the opportunity mm-hmm. exploration versus the ability to focus?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the course that I teach f- focuses on sort of introductory entrepreneurial thinking. So we actually use what's called the customer development framework uh, from Steve Blank at Stanford. But I think really what it is, and you guys have actually labeled it quite well with this sort of... It's about building momentum. So, you know, you're starting, you're starting small, you're seeing this opportunity, you're seeing it grow, and then as that idea matures, you're able to build in support processes or bring in other team members and that sort of thing. And in fact, you know, just to bring it back to your earlier comment, Richard, you know, what you often see in startup ventures is once the company gets established and those procedures are in place the entrepreneur has the restless energy to create something new, and they almost move on. And the startup becomes more of a mature organization and starts to develop the right structures and policies, and the entrepreneur has that itch to create something new again. And so right. they recycle that.
2: Um, no, You're always you know, energized for something new. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. that
1: creative, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to so, me,
2: when you think outside of the box, is. It's generally not thinking within the box. I mean, you look at the justice system and what's taking place now, and now people, mm-hmm. you know, making cameras for police officer. Next, I see something about uh, a gun or a bullet that can identify who or what. It's amazing how to what's out there.
3: Yeah
1: constantly looking for the new things. So, so MJ, when the, you, you have a process that you specifically teach to people who are mm-hmm. looking to become entrepreneurs or may not be necessarily dis- determined that they want to be entrepreneurs, but they at least want to understand what they might be signing mm-hmm. up for. And so you teach them about the, the methodology associated with moving into entrepreneurship. Can you share a little bit about that, yes. that with us and our listeners?
3: Sure. So, uh, typically we start and they... They come up with an idea, an opportunity that they see, and what we do initially is have them think through how the business model works, and so they spend a lot of time thinking about who the customer is and what the value is, and really trying to make their value proposition, um, you know, the reason the customer would even choose them, explicit, but we do all that in the classroom, and then I say, all right, it's time to go out and test your assumptions." You know, if you're sitting in your office writing your plan to take over the world with your new company, chances are um, you've got a number of things wrong. And so we start with this basic uh, premise that all the things you've just written down are assumptions until you can prove them. And so, you know, they have to go out and talk to people, talk to their customer groups and really learn, are their assumptions correct? And if so, you know, they can kind of validate them and check them off and move forward. And if they're not, then they have to adjust.
1: Right. And
3: uh, I guess really it's an iterative process of, of testing assumptions, figuring out a way to, to measure or test or experiment with those assumptions until you can find the facts. And the point is, these are business students that I'm teaching who typically have been taught all the theories of business around pricing and positioning and all of that. But what they're missing, are, or in, the, in those uh, classes, they're talking about companies that already exist that already have customers. And where they're coming to my class, I'm saying, you don't have any customers. There's no customer data that you can analyze. You have to go out and get that data and have (laughs) those deep conversations. And that's, I think, one of the key differences that makes it, you know, business students have to do a real mental shift there into that discovery phase. And really, that's what we focus on for 12 weeks is how do you get out and get the facts, get out of your, you know, classroom, essentially, out of your office and go find out what they think, what people think.
1: Well, and the other thing that I love about this is that it, you know, it it really puts you into a place where you're not just thinking about pricing and positioning and what the market can bear, but also is your idea something that other people are worth are willing to pay for? Exactly. You know, like that's a that's a real serious, you know, come to your deity of choice conversation, <laughs> right? Like there's a lot of people out there with great ideas who, who want to go into a particular service. So I do, you know, I'll just use myself as an example. I do a lot of um, coaching and, and training, facilitation, giving speeches, those sorts of things. And it's not unusual for me every week for people to say, I want to do what you do. And I'll say, mm-hmm. okay, so tell me, you know, what experience you have or what exposure or what, you know, what clients have you had? Oh, none, but I'm really good at it. Or I like it. Or I have a bunch <laughs> of little sisters. And, and And to think, you know, there's a lot of people out there with an interest. They might have the passion. Um, but they don't necessarily have the experience that somebody else is going to be willing to pay for. And so, you yeah. know, being able to kind of match pass- passion with um, marketability is, really, is a really an important opportunity and something that I'm sure a lot of your students, um, you know, have a real uh, serious um, understanding of once they've gone through your course and have to go out there and talk to prospective customers.
3: Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's the make-or-break moment, right? I mean, as you said, there are lots of great ideas, um, but it's execution that distinguishes you. And then on top of that, it's are people willing to pay for your, you know, the solution that you've got. And um, sometimes it can be hard to tell. So one of the other things I have to do in my class is create uh, a minimum viable product. So it's MVP, which obviously stands yeah. for something different for you, Richard. Most um, <laughs> the know. people or a player or something <laughs> like that. That's what
2: I tell you.
1: M- m- minimal, minimal. <laughs>
3: So, like ahead, the, the minimum viable product concept is: <laughs> okay. you build something. If if you want to sell a product, you've built sort of the bare minimum, the core essential features that are required to make it work, and then you see if anyone is interested. Instead of doing full development, you know, paying thousands to build an app and et cetera. So, my students don't go as far as like coding things, but they do. Try to present a vision, even a paper prototype of what the interface looks like if they 've got a tech solution or what the service looks like if they 've got a service idea, and thinking through that prototype or that minimum viable product is um, it brings the challenges uh to the foreground because it's tangible, so right. when you put that that m v p in front of someone they go i don 't understand it, and then right. you have to go back to the drawing board you know
2: right yeah, right to me I, I like those those uh, recurring revenue. You know, (laughs) monthly recurring revenues opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was just in a meeting today. There's a company. They have a technology that related to shipping, and it could let you know the stress of this important equipment that you're moving around, what it's been through, have it been shaking, the vibration, has it been wet, where, you know. So then selling company to company to companies that ship product you know, it's it, it sounds like it's better, when I was telling these guys, you're better off to to lend a packaging company that basically does shipping all around the world or whatever it may be with a certain item that would, would be a source than, than going to shop by shop. We all ship something, you know, if it's a network that's there, the wheel is rolling. How can you put in what you have to put in and create a revenue off of?
1: Well, yeah, you're that constantly sense. yeah you're constantly looking at creative ways to think about you know using the 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 infrastructure that already exists and leveraging yeah, hybrid, it, hybrid right? whatever it may gap. be it's, it's right, right hey
2: it, it things been been out there for a while how can you plug something in there and generate a spark
1: right at the end of the day mm-hmm. right. So let's, let's do that, let's pick up, let's pick up, let's shift for a moment, um, to, Well, just for a few minutes, and while we're at commercial break, please visit our website, www.dietajones.com check out our latest blog posts, which supplements this week's discussion. We'll be right back.
0: This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15 year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history blood sweat and bears it's hard just like its hall of fame author buy it now on amazon or download it to kindle deetta jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking consulting and writing on leadership management and cultural diversity for more than 20 years her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research she is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at diettajones.com. success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to one 346 9141 That number again is one 346 9141 you may also send an email to d Jones at dietajones.com. Now, back to the show.
1: We're back and continuing our conversation on You Inc., cultivating your inner entrepreneur with special guest MJ Delia. And uh, just before break, we were having a conversation about MVPs. Richard, you, of course, are our favorite MVP <laughs> on the show. But we were also talking about, um, uh,
2: well, well. you know, kind of,
1: yeah, you're our favorite. Yeah, you're the official yeah. MVP of the show. Yeah. And, and, but we were also talking about minimum viable products, right? How to help um, people who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs really test the market, test their ideas in a small, relatively, um, you know, relatively, uh, you know, risk minimal kind of way. But there are times when something's not going to work, right? You bring something to market, whether it's a service or a product, whatever, and it doesn't work or you realize that the timing isn't right. And this is where you need to figure out how to make those course corrections. So, MJ, can you talk to us a little bit about how you might advise people to get through the the tough times or to figure out how to make appropriate changes without losing sight of their entire business idea?
3: Sure. So this is one of the things that happens often with the students in my class who start out with great enthusiasm and then through their customer interviews realize they're not exactly on track. And so sort of within the startup literature and and culture, it's called a pivot when you have to change your strategy. So you called it a course correction. I think that's a perfect description as well. Um, I guess the thing that's important is a pivot is a change in direction, but it's based in some sort of learning. So there's a tendency to overuse the term when you're just jumping to a new idea altogether. And I think really what it is is when you're an early stage entrepreneur or trying a new product, even within a larger organization, it's, um, you don't know anything. And so when you learn something about it, you have to realize I've got to alter my direction and right. move towards a new set of assumptions. But you're mo- making that movement, just like in basketball or football, when you pivot and you're shifting your weight on one leg. That one leg is where you've learned stuff. And you can't forget that you put all this effort into learning something. So maybe, for instance, you've you've got the customer wrong. You thought it was uh, nurses, and it's really hospital administrators. And as a result, you've got to change your strategy to reach those new that new customer for your health product or whatever. Um, so I think the important part of the pivot or course correction is that it's actually a confident change in direction based on the data you've been collecting and the metrics you've been measuring and that sort of thing.
1: Nice, nice. I love it. A confident change in directions because a lot of times in organizations we just talk about change and even in large, you know, mature organizations, we we talk about, you know, piloting new experiences or services or products or programs and then if it doesn't work, we just talk about, you know, the need to change, but something that's much more kind of scaled and focused and also that is, more, is a more um, positive, constructive orientation. That's not about mm-hmm. ditching all of the work and energy and effort that we've just committed or have committed over the last six or nine right. months, but instead building upon in a more deliberate, focused and informed way and consistently tied, continuously tied to that purpose um, and yeah. and that passion, right? So and you I still mean, have yeah. your eye on the vision. Nice. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to take two steps backwards. That's like learning before you yep. can pivot yeah. and begin. <laughs> the picture that you're trying to develop, you know
1: and I love it too because yeah. this applies, and this is and this is back to how entrepreneurial mindset is not just for people who literally have um you know, a, a shingle out. This is for all of us. in all parts of our lives, we there are going to be times when we have to make a pivot where we have to say, yeah. you know what? I made this choice even if it's not a professional experience. There's gonna I'm be times standing. in our life. yeah, 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 yeah where I've say, you know what, I've learned something. I need to need to make a course correction, right? And I call it course corrections because it's not failures, yeah. right? Because you still yeah. are able to go forward, but you have informed um, experience now that is leading you in a in a designated direction. Nice, really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the other thing that's really interesting that seems to come up a lot is um, this timing issue. And Richard, I think you, you mentioned that before one of our earlier breaks is that sometimes we, you have a great idea that, and uh, Richard, I think you're one of the really visionary people that I know. You have always have ideas that are, you know, really far out there, really ahead of their time. And, and knowing that you can't lose sight of your vision, but sometimes it's not ready to go to market right now. Right, right, right now, the economic environment may not be ready to accept your idea. Or right now, the customer base may not be educated or cultivated enough in order to be ready to buy what you're offering right now. But there still is an important you know, need to kind of hold you know, steady to, with that product or that idea or that service. And, oh, by the way, along the way, find other ways to make revenue while your, your you know, brilliant well, idea is coming yeah. to fruition
2: right i mean you got to figure out a way to you know to pay the bills to keep the flag up to keep the doors open but you got to understand the tsunami that's coming right you know it's it's mm-hmm. coming but you know you want to get your ship and you want to get out there so you can get that ride in that's you know that's how you you know when it's going to come we don't know they say california is going to fall off into the water Hell, <laughs> no, we don't know but the point of it is the, the, the possibility to happen it's it's pretty huge, but then again, it, then it may not be. We haven't been around that long. I mean, it's this this land been around for thousands, and thousands of years, and look what has it done. So obviously, something to happen at some time. But the point of it is, what you know? How can you position yourself to your dream? What you want to do? You know, what I teach my kid is is the four letters of what dent means: dedication. You know, you got to be educated about what you're trying to do. You have to be a representation of the name, the company, service, people you know, respectable. And you're gonna get knocked down. You gotta get up and you gotta try again. That's how it goes. But without trying, then that's that's a loser. You know, kids need to be pushed to levels that they don't know that they have to really to see that light come on. And and grown-ups too, sometimes you do something you never thought you could do. You know, then that light come on, and that's when all your thoughts begin to range. You know, they start coming down into your heart, into your eyes, to your vision. And, and uh, you know, getting being around people that uh, think that way or, or, or that way or, you know, sometimes you're around people that don't have it. You got to understand the people around you. You know that you're an entrepreneur. The other people, they may be a backroom person. Understand the services that that could be, you know, more so in business. I found out how to work with the people uh, with what they have to offer me, you know, more than anything. I think that's that way you know, you know, you know how to place people, you know how to put people, you know, where they're good at or sometimes people say things that they're not great at.
1: Right, right. Absolutely. It's about having a team. Right. There's only so much that a solo entrepreneur can do. Can't do that As far as creating a, a, sale, a, a scalable uh, enterprise, there has to be some ability to scale over time. All day so, long. So one of the other things you just when you talked about the what the dent stands for Richard you used try again and it made me think of something MJ that you and I talked about when we were prepping for the show and it was the phrase you used called the slow burn. Can you describe that cuz that's really <laughs> like that that's really a useful topic to mention especially for people who are entrepreneurs and who probably have experienced this or might be experiencing it right now.
3: Sure. And I think it definitely connect connects to the story of being ahead of your time a little bit. You know, I think in sort of the public consciousness big companies seem to burst on the scene you know out of nowhere perfectly formed from someone's garage or something like that right? right and so then everyone says that's when that company was born or and and the reality is it's not when it was born it was born years probably before that as the seed of an idea that was perfected over time and probably through a number of lean months and years of just trying to figure out what people want, what the customers want, what they'll pay for. And and I, I think the best way to describe it is a slow burn, that there's there's no guaranteed breakout. But I think if you put that work in and the foundation stages it early on, then you're not surprised when the success comes. It's just a matter of when it comes.
0: Right. And
3: that slow burn is a hard part, though, because it, it tests the patience, right? Because other <laughs> people can't <laughs> see your visionary idea. Yeah. And you're trying to sell it to them and you're getting nowhere until, as Richard you described, until the the tide changes in some way, and suddenly it's you know a, a topic or an industry that's budding and ready to go, and you're and you're there, and I think that slow burn is that is that hard hard work that you do often, um, and maybe it's got a bit of self doubt too, to be honest. When you're a solo entrepreneur, you're you're sort of you're a little bit worried in the back of your mind, but your general disposition is to be optimistic and so um and so you still push through right that you you see you see incremental steps of progress that eventually spin into bigger steps and the momentum that you even introduced the show with Tieta.
1: Woo! i feel like That's, i need a couch you're just well, preaching right now mj
2: <laughs> i mean just a shout out to a market in the aviation business you know we got these pilots that they just say they keep paying them more and more the reason they're paying them more and more is because they have no pilots to go to You know, you don't have to go to college to be a pilot. You have to fly. And when you fly enough hours, you become a pilot. And, you know, there's plenty of industries that's looking for kids that's coming out of high school. And if they take these curriculums for enough a length of time, they have a great job there waiting on them. And because most of these guys, the FedEx, UPS, airlines, they know that they're going to be out, that they're going to be without pilots in the next seven years because it's just not enough number of people getting into that industry.
1: Yeah, so it's also kind of the forecasting thing that you were talking about, kind of th- taking a look at, you know, different markets. What are some of the trends? Where are there some opportunities in the future? And then how do you start preparing for it and ramping up? Whether it's a big company or industry, like, you know, the pilots industry, or if it's an access. individual person. Yeah, yeah, access, be thinking long term.
2: And you never know what that pilot degree or that opportunity flies you and takes you.
1: Yeah. It's just
2: just one step of, of your life yeah, you know, football took me one place, and now I'm in a place where, you know, it's a it's a product that everybody must have to be on the earth, yeah,
1: but it is, but it is interesting to think about, you know, these are steps, right? And entrepreneurs, I think most entrepreneurs, i myself definitely, you know i you it's frustrating. you doubt yourself, but you're right, mj, the ge- the general disposition is to be optimistic, right? and mm-hmm. to to see all the opportunity that's in the environment and to know that, what I have matches some of those opportunities and then have the kind of dogged perseverance necessary to keep pursuing it and and perfecting the, the service or program or, or, or product along the way. The tricky part, and I think that this is where a lot of people um, end up uh, not having a successful business, is people's willingness to kind of hold fast to the course. The stamina, it's almost a stamina test, right? You know, you kind, you kind of go, I can't take it anymore. It's been five years or it's been four years or it's been seven years. I can't continue to fund this. I can't continue to have these lean years. I don't yeah, believe d- that there's going to be
2: you know, the, even some of that, even in sports, the guys play the game. It's all about money. So they get the contract. Now it's time to produce. Now they can't produce. Now they back yeah. down to where they started. And I'm sure you see that same way in business, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But your, your, point, your point is taken, that slow burn. Yeah, maybe slow burn perfectly applies to sports, too.
2: <laughs> yeah. It applies to sustainability.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. MJ, any other any words of wisdom that you give to your um, business school students when it comes to kind of weathering those slow burn experiences?
3: You know, I think like anything, when you're a solo entrepreneur and you're maybe maybe even you co-founded something with someone, um, you can get very focused on every detail associated with just whatever you're facing, right. and I think you do have to spend some time looking to other people, maybe, maybe official sort of mentors, but even just other people who are in the same struggle in totally different industry, maybe, but just how do you, how do you work together to build your own sense of community? Because that's one thing that's lacking when you're a solo entrepreneur that you get when you join an organization, right?
0: Right, When you join an existing
3: organization, there's an existing culture to learn. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to foster and create that culture. But if you're struggling or wondering where things are going, um, it's it's helpful just to talk to someone.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. You know,
3: yeah. I think we're that's good. a key piece.
1: Yep. Let me let me jump in here and take us to uh, one more transition. So we'll switch gears one more time for a few minutes. While we're away, hit us up on Twitter at Dieta M Jones at Richard underscore Dent 9 five. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or or download it to Kindle. Dieta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to one 346 9141 That number again is one 346 9141 You may also send an email to djones at deettajones.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And continuing our conversation on You, Inc., Cultivating Your Inner Entrepreneur. Richard, while we were at break, you you said something that was really um, right on target. And you said one of the things that you have to do is start off by, kind of stepping back and looking at yourself the way other people perceive you. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you were thinking when you said that?
2: Well, it's not perceive you, but taking a step back and and, and look at yourself as of seeing the, you know the people you're around, what you're doing, why is things not working, who you know what you need to to change with them what you're doing. You can be working with a company. You understand where they're going. Uh, you know where you're going with them, and maybe they're not going to the next marketplace. But, you know, the perspective of to step out and, and you know, you keep hitting that wall, and, and you got to figure out a way around that wall. So one way is not working. So sometimes it takes the time to just look back and see what's taking place and see how you get around that wall.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also being yeah. willing to let go of the things that are... Um, Not working. Yeah, yeah. The, and and, and yeah. MJ, you mean, were are talking about what?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the difference, one of the differences between, say, an entrepreneur who starts his or her own venture and then one who's trying to be entrepreneurial within an organization is that an entrepreneur often has limited resources, and so they can't afford for ideas that don't work to, they can't throw more money after them, so they they are much more willing to kill an idea that's going nowhere. But for those who work within an organization and you're trying to be entrepreneurial, um, you know there's a status quo and an existing culture you have to overcome. And so, the challenge you have is to be entrepreneurial means you have to be willing to take a to step back, like Richard just said. But you have to be willing to take this cold hard look at what's happening and be willing to kill ideas, products, services that are bringing no return. And in a big organization, that's, you know, because you maybe have a defined budget cycle and other things, you know, you can go on with the status quo for much longer than than an entrepreneur, I think, would tolerate. And so that's the tricky balance of just being willing to abandon what's not working uh, for the sake of the organization,
1: You know, it's also tricky to think about. We have, there are a bunch of things that come to my mind as you're saying this, MJ. And one of it is kind of, we have these sacred cows, things that we've kind of always Mm -hmm. done around here, but this has become normalized. They become part of uh, the story that we tell ourselves. That's part of what made us great. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to continue to make us great or it's continued. It will continually be the thing that is strategic, but it's so much part of our past that we're unwilling to look at it in a way that allows us to decide whether or not to continue doing it or to continue doing it with the same uh, fervor. But mm-hmm. the, other, the other thing is that, you know, it, it, it also was pretty interesting to think about how I think a lot of times we've used kind of past projections to make decisions about the future. And it seems to me like that's a tricky business to be in, that the future is yeah. potentially very different than the past. And so we may need to use different metrics for thinking about how to make choices for the future.
3: Yeah. You know, it's funny that that was one of the when I was just thinking about, you know, how would I define the entrepreneurial mindset? It's that is one of the key components. I think, you know, you're you're doing you're solving problems under conditions of uncertainty. Right. Uh, well, it's OK to understand the past. The past is no longer. I don't know if it ever was, but a good predictor of the future. Right. And so, you know, you have to be aware of all the moving parts. And the reality is any industry is affected by, you know, the competitors in the market, but then there, there are larger uh, things at play too around the politics or economics. And, you know, this is the thing I think that actually draws students to the entrepreneurial thinking, you know, to come to this class and see, like, what do you do when you don't know what to do?
1: Right, right. <laughs> you know, how
3: do you, there's that self-reliance piece that the entrepreneurial spirit kind of brings that says, well, I've got to make the best of what I currently know and then be willing to change it. And that's, right. I think, really where the power is.
1: One of the things that I like to do, and this is something that's definitely not original with me, but um, I oftentimes bring this practice to clients is generic thinking, right? Mm-hmm. To, to imagine scenarios. So it's hard it's hard to predict what the future will be in two years, five years, 10 years. You know, a lot of times we do our strategic planning in three or five year cycles, and it's really difficult to, to know for sure because things are changing so much, you know, so quickly. But generic thinking means that you are considering the environmental elements that are probably going to weigh most heavily on your future and then at, you know at a, at a very high level and then thinking about what are some of the possibilities of things that happen in those areas that might have an impact on me, right? So what are some of the things that might happen to the economy? What are some of the things that might happen to the higher education industry? What are some of the things that might happen in the... You know, banking world, and in, in, in those levels, you start to pull those pieces together and think about a couple of criteria, three or four, and then think about you know scenarios that are possibilities or even probabilities, and then how might I position myself, my business, my com- my my, my uh, consulting firm, my myself as a you know a, a financially safe and secure person given some of those mm-hmm. probable outcomes not knowing exactly which one is going to happen but also not setting yourself up in a place where you're going to be blindsided necessarily absolutely well so even it's the tricky. act
3: of thinking of those scenarios right the whether they turn out to be true or not true you you're starting to demonstrate a more or trying to encourage with your clients a more entrepreneurial approach where you know you have to be aware of the market Um, And that can be defined loosely, but just what's happening in the environment. And I think sometimes we just get too focused on uh, filling out or finishing the project plan uh, based on what we said we were going to do two years ago. And then that's our mark of success, right, that we finished the plan rather than did we make an impact on whatever we were trying to do or did people start using our services or buy our products? Like we lose that question somehow, which is sort of ironic, you know.
1: Right, right. And that's back to where you started us, you know, about the the sense of purpose and staying anchored at a high level. But it does take a really disciplined person to be um, using analytical frameworks. That's what I like to call it, kind of analytical Mm. frameworks to guide our thinking and our planning, knowing that there will be uncertainties. I got Um, one of
2: those thinking. Well, when I was a kid, I always thought about it would say, well, if you invest in what you use and what you eat and what you do, and if there's companies out there publicly that making a public offering, how would your investment package look? So, you know, that's a little right. way of kind of looking at yourself mm-hmm. yep. and saying, you know, where would I be or where could I be?
1: Yep, yep. Absolutely. So thinking of yourself, you know, taking a step back and kind of looking at yourself more analytically, again, from a more consultative point of view. Trying to make it a more objective exploration. I love it. This has been a really, really wonderful conversation. And MJ, thank you so much. I feel like we've just barely dipped our toe in the water. I know that there are a yeah. lot of other conversations that we can have about, um, you know, being an entrepreneur and managing the the um, kind of workload associated with being an entrepreneur. So one of the things that I'm going to encourage our listeners to do is to go to the website, com and check out the blog post that we will post later on today after the show that will point you in the direction of some really helpful resources. And MJ, I want to thank you as well for spending the day with us. Uh, this has been really important and uh, a yeah. fun, engaging conversation. Great. It's been fun. It's been a blast. So um, here's here's what we want you to do, folks. We want you to check out our website. Want, we want you to send us a, a tweet and let us know how you like the show. Let us know what additional resources would be helpful for you. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We have loved every minute of it, and we hope you have, too. And we also hope that you join us again next week, same time, Monday, 2 p.m. Pacific. Until then, keep finding ways to make a dent in pursuit of your dreams, to serve your community, to make our world better.
2: Thanks again, MJ. Peace and soul yeah. to all of
3: the- you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks again for tuning in. Please join Deetta Jones and Richard Dent for another edition of DJ and Bear. We'll be back next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.